0: Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Kahn. If your goal
1: is actually, let's say it's doubling revenue, the things you did might have been super productive, but did they move you towards more money? Did they move you towards more sales, towards more clients?
0: Today on episode 572 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with high-performance coach David Wood. I'm going to ask David about the traits that tend to keep us stuck and the ones that drive our success and much more. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can find out more about David along with all of our previous episodes at SmashingThePlateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome David Wood. David is a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. He built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. As well as helping others, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself having survived a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine, witnessing the death of his sister at age seven, anxiety and depression, and a national gong show. David coaches high-performing business owners to double revenue and doubling their time off by focusing on less and being 30% more courageous in their business or career. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. Happy to be here. It's great to have you on. You've had a very non-linear career journey, starting off as an actuary in New York City, which is, um, I would say, probably about as um, sort of non-interactive and um, employment-focused as one could get. Then going back to Australia to become an entertainer, developing an incredible coaching business, which you stopped several years ago. How have those different experiences fueled what you're doing now?
1: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say I stopped. I guess I did. I guess I, I, I did. I did stop it. What happened is I, I felt burned out. I was like, ah, oh, so sick of saying the same things over and over again. I, I'd been helping coaches to build their business and I'd said everything there was to be said. So I went to Bali, got myself in the rice paddies and basically was semi-retired. But I found out that, that retirement isn't all it's cracked up to be because I needed a mission. So I think I was able to to draw upon a lot of what I've done in my previous life uh, with, with the coaching. I had the coaching skill set. I had the business skill set since I've been consulting to Fortune 100s. And I love entrepreneurs. It's so much fun working with entrepreneurs. So I was trying to work out what to do with my life. And a friend of mine said to me, why don't you go back to coaching? You're really good at coaching. Just pick a niche you really want to work with. And that was good advice. So about three, four four years ago, I I started back, started working with entrepreneurs and it's so much fun because entrepreneurs also have lives. So we get to work uh, on having their lives be better and they've got a business, which is fun. And I'm unwilling to choose one or the other to work on. Let's work with the whole person and have your business be great and your life be great.
0: David, what kinds of businesses are we talking about?
1: I've got some e-commerce businesses where people are selling products online. I've got some uh, people selling a product like an interior designer. I have a client who's a head of a school. I've got a client who's a pharmacist who's created his own formula for for helping with COVID immunity. Uh, there's a physiotherapist in Australia. So quite a range of businesses, but usually they've got less than 50 employees and they're definitely up and running already. I don't do startups because it's a whole different, it's a whole different game trying to get someone from zero to say 10 grand a month in revenue. A lot easier to take them from 10 grand a month in revenue to 20.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. How do you describe your niche?
1: Successful entrepreneurs with a great product or service who Ideally, already earning two hundred thousand a year, or they will be very soon.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's two hundred thousand gross or net.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be the minimum revenue coming okay. in. Okay, okay. And why do they need help? The best clients don't actually need help. See, it's very easy to sell something to someone if you convince them they're broken and wrong. And most advertising is is going to convince you that in some way you're broken or wrong and you need something to get fixed. I don't like working with those clients who are struggling. And that's one of the reasons I don't do startups. It's fun for me to work with people who don't need me, but they've recognized they can do better with outside input. And I think Bill Gates is a great example. He's one person you would think that dude doesn't need a coach, but Bill Gates is the guy who said everybody should have a coach. Because he's always looking for, here's what I know, here's what I know I don't know, but I can never not know, I can never know what I don't, what don't don't I know that I don't know. know. Right, right. Yeah, what don't I know that I don't know? And so I think that's one of the areas where coaching could be so exciting because you don't know until you go into a session what's
0: going to come out of it. Mm. And what have been some of the results?
1: You know, I just thought of more. Can I can I say more about your previous question? Yeah, please.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so they don't need me, but often what they're struggling with is overwhelm. There's there so many options, so many target markets they could serve, so many problems they could solve, so many traffic sources, so many strategies to grow their business, and it can be very overwhelming. So one of the things that they usually come to me for is, they like some help in focusing and working out what to focus on so that they can be way more productive and get better results. Mm-hmm. So usually they want more money. I haven't met, yeah, it's not true. I've met very few clients who don't want more money. That's often where where it starts. So I'm like, great, let's start with more money. But then how much time off do you have? And is that okay with you? so we we usually squeeze in a goal there about getting more time off so if they're working a 40 hour week maybe they want to move towards a 20 hour week and produce more in that 20 hours and then the third thing that my clients want is they want to grow they actually care about growing as a human being it's not just money it's not just time off they want more intimacy they want more courage they want more honesty they want deeper connections they're interested in that. If they only want money, plenty of other coaches they can go to. So I think that was a more complete answer to your previous question. And then this other one is results, right? Right. You asked about results.
0: I did ask about results.
1: Yeah. Well, Amy Youngblood, some of my clients have given me permission to, to tell their stories because I think it's it's more concrete when you can give names to things. So Amy Youngblood is an interior designer. And we doubled her revenue over 12 months. So that was nice. And she was happy with that. But again, the stuff that I was most excited about was uh, watching her grow in terms of her communication, standing up for herself, having difficult conversations that others might avoid and, and improving relationships with people that uh, she did not have a good relationship with, but still had to relate to. Like you could have a boss that you have to relate to. You could have an, an ex that you have to relate to. You might have someone in your household where there's tension and you have to relate with them and sort things out. So I love that we got to handle the business stuff, but then we got to also work on who she was as a person. Another result that comes to mind is is Bradley Long. He was, he was doing great. He was making about 67,000 a month but when he came to me, he said, "I have shiny object syndrome. I'm pulled in so many different directions. I don't know how to focus, and if I did, I wasn't I'm not really sure what I should be focusing on. So we worked together for a year, and he cut his hours in half. He moved his whole family, five kids, uh, to Costa Rica, and started breaking sales records month after month. He started hitting one hundred grand and then one hundred and ten. Month after month. So, you know, I imagine someone listening might be really focused, can actually do that? And the answer is yeah. If you actually focus and choose what to care about and make an agreement with yourself what not to care about for 12 months, then you can do extraordinary things and feel better about yourself at the same time because you're actually working on what matters.
0: How important is the what not to care about?
1: Oh, it's both everything and so hard. Like, like I'll speak for myself. I, you know, I have FOMO right now. One thing I've agreed not to care about for this year is alliances. I will not go and seek alliances where we do cross promotion of each other's products. That's hard for me. I'm really good at it, and I built my business years ago doing it. But I know if I do that. I'm not going to do podcasting as well. I'm not going to do guest appearances as well. It's actually too hard. I would be scattered and I do both of them at subpar. So in week one of my course, I have an eight week program. The first thing we do is, all right, what are you going to care about over these 12 months? And some people come up with three things. Some come up with 20. I say, all right, now order that in order of priority, and so we get, say, the top three or four, and I say, how about we focus on these top three or four, and the rest of them go in a draw, and you'll pull these other goals out once you've achieved these other ones. It'll give you an incentive, but you've got to agree not to care about those things for 12 months, and you've got to agree not to actually go and work on them. I mean, okay, maybe something changes radically in your business, and we've got to reassess it, but I think this is a great move to make at the 12 over the 12 month time frame. And then also over the seven-day time frame. What are you going to choose to care about for the next seven days? And what will you not do, which is everything else on your to-do list? That's hard to do. It's like, oh, I want to do this, or so-and-so has asked me for this, and whatever. But I've already set my discipline. I've already said this is what there is. And you can do that also for tomorrow. You can say what will I care about for the first half of tomorrow? What are the two most important things I can do in my business or my life? What are they? And I'll make an agreement with myself to not do anything else until those are done. It's not easy, but it feels pretty good when you actually nail those things and you're like, I did it. I did that thing I've been putting off for two weeks simply because I made an agreement with myself.
0: Yeah, it reminds me, a little bit of some of the principles in the book, The One Thing. Yes. But at the same time, what I'm also hearing is make, making sure that you are focusing on even less than the one thing might prescribe, less per day than, than the one thing may prescribe. Because the one thing, they talks about having, you know, maybe seven or eight major categories of importance in your life, like physical health, uh, spirituality, your business health, your, uh, your relationships, et cetera, et cetera, and working like sort of reverse engineering where you want to go with each of these in terms of a big vision, and then identifying one major thing that you're going to work on in each of these areas. But even seven or eight, if you have seven or eight going simultaneously, it can also make the brain a little, feel a little overwhelmed,
1: Exactly. And we will gravitate towards overwhelm. That's what I've noticed. We gravitate towards it. We don't want to miss out. So we've got some FOMO, fear of missing out. And we think, you know, this part of us is very optimistic. Oh, if I do 15 things at once, I'm going to be more productive. Now, hey, I've had days like that where I feel like I've, I've gotten so much done and it's been amazing and I've just kind of navigated by curiosity and I've just been, I've been really in the flow. That's great. It's just that sometimes that won't relate to your goals. If your goal is actually, let's say it's doubling revenue, the things you did might've been you super productive, but did they move you towards more money? Did they move you towards more sales, towards more clients? That's why I think it's, it's so valuable to do the, the visioning process. You work out your 12-month goals, your three-month goals, and then your seven-day goals, and then do that every week. So at least you can make a choice each day Will I be on track? Will this be an on-track day where I'm going to have some discipline? I'm going to set my targets and I'm going to nail them before I check my email, before I check my voicemail, before I even turn my phone off airplane mode. I'm going to do these things. Again, I, I want listeners, I want you to have more money. I want you to have time off, but I also want you to feel great about every day. And I know that when When we work on stuff that doesn't match with what we know is most important, it creates stress. And I call it being out of integrity. But if you decide this is what's most important in my business today, and then you work on that first and then goof around later, it feels really good. And I want you to have that feeling even more than I want you to have the results.
0: Yeah this this tension is something that many people talk about and on this show we focus a lot on consultants and coaches particularly those that have had a long corporate career before before going out on their own and the the overwhelm is a big issue the stress is a big issue trying to find a structure that is most helpful to being as effective and as efficient and as mindful as possible is challenging. And then once you decide on what structure works for you, trying to keep to it is also a challenge. David, what what have you noticed in particular with um, these kinds of businesses?
1: You mean around staying on staying focused once you've worked out the the system or was it the topic something else
0: no, no it's a, a broader question you know for those people that that have deep expertise they have been successful as employees and they have become consultants or coaches some of them become quite successful as consultants and coaches and others struggle quite a bit and there are also those that that are successful and building a business up to a certain point, and they find that they've reached a plateau and they can't seem to get past it. So some people measure the plateau as an earnings plateau. Some may relate it to their business model that they can't seem to get beyond certain kinds of revenue types. Yeah, you know, it, it kind of runs the gamut.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend some outside input. So you already know what you know, you already know what you don't know, But you don't know what you don't know. Wait, (laughs) that didn't really make sense. You know some of what you don't know, but there's a whole area of things that you don't even know that you don't know. And so, my first question would be Do you have a coach? I think it was just a few months ago, I had five coaches at once. That might have been overkill. But uh, in all the areas I wanted to improve, I wanted someone who knew more than I did about it, or at least could ask me the questions to bring out my own answers. So, I think. Coaching is one form of outside input. You can get yourself in a mastermind. I'm in a men's group that might be meeting this Wednesday and I can bounce things off them. You can also get yourself in a course. I recently signed up to Tucky Moore's course, The Million Dollar Coach, because I thought, look, I've been at this a long time and I've got my patterns and I've got my arrogance. I need to get some outside input. Even if I don't agree with everything, even, even, you know, watching a module that I don't agree with is going to give me an idea for what I do think would be a smart idea. And that, that gave me some really good frameworks. For example, I'd been relying on the one-to-one coaching for quite some time. And I just kind of forgotten about the whole group concept. And I was coaching so much. I it kind of forced me to go and look for a solution Cause I, I had so, like, I'd have, I think 10 was the maximum sessions I've, I've done in a day and it was just too many. So I was able to make the transition from one-to-one coaching to group coaching. And in some cases, I think the impact is increased, not decreased by doing that. So that's an example of where I sought outside input and then went and implemented what I learned. That's the other thing. It's not just getting the input, but you need some kind of support structure normally. It's a very rare person who can just get a complex idea in their head and then go and implement it all on their own. I'm pretty self-driven, and so I can implement a lot of my own, but sometimes it's not until someone else says, hey, how's that going, that I have to actually confront what's happening and shift what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. David, as I mentioned at the at the outset of our conversation. You've had a non-linear career journey, starting off as an actuary. When did you first learn about coaching?
1: It was, someone suggested that my wife go and do a personal growth course, because I wasn't happy in the relationship and I was complaining about my wife. And someone said, oh, she doesn't sound very responsible. She should do this. And I thought, that's a great idea, let's change her. But the more they spoke about this course, the more I thought, you know what? I'm 20, was I 26 at the time? I hadn't done any personal growth work except for one week when I was 17 and it was the best time of my life and I thought maybe I could use a dose of this self-help junkie, uh, can't think for yourself stuff. So I went along and they all wore name tags and they smiled way too much and I decided to do it anyway. I'm just going to get in and get out. So they coached me during the course and fortunately they cracked my cynicism and they cracked my heart open and I realized there was a whole world beyond the systems and the numbers and the money, which I'd gotten really good at, there was a world of vulnerability and deep intimacy and leadership and influence and communication and truth-telling and I I got hooked and I changed someone's life overnight in the second course. I. I coached her to to do something that was terrifying to her, and it changed her life for the better overnight. And I was like, "This is amazing! Like, how how do I get more of this?" So that same company trained me as a coach so I could help people going through the course. And then someone had a business card. This was back in ninety. This was back in ninety seven. Someone had a business card that said "coach," and I'm like, "Wait." you could get paid for this and it (laughs) took it took another year because I got got distracted creating my entertainment business and and it was just kind of inertia I didn't really know how to start and it was like and is it gonna work and blah 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 I had to wait until I ran into a coach who was in a training program and I went wow okay I'm gonna be your first practice client and then I went and got my first practice client and she'd She'd do a session with me and she'd say, Well, what are we going to do next week? And I'd say, Ah, wait and see. Cause I hadn't had my second session with my coach. So I didn't even know what you did in a second session yet. I'm I'm very monkey see, monkey do. So that's how I got into the coaching business.
0: Fascinating. David, there's certainly a lot going on in the personal development and the coaching world. And um In my observation, it seems like there are more coaches than ever. There are some people that are really good at coaching and delivering great results. There are other people that are really good at marketing and selling themselves. And I personally question how good they are at their craft. And I know... I've talked to lots of people that have invested money that hasn't worked worked out so well in terms of a coaching relationship. Um, others have gotten great results. What advice do you have for somebody who's who's looking for help about how to find as good a fit as possible, and drive the kinds of results that they're really seeking?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question because I, my initial answer was going to be, "Well, look, you know what's the big deal? You work with someone for a month, it's not working out, you go and find another coach," but. That's a month of your time, right? That's a month that that could have been super productive and amazing. uh, And it's a month of coaching fee. And so I can understand that you want to put your best foot forward when you're getting help. I usually ask my friends. I ask around. I ask the people who are successful. I ask the people who are doing well. It depends on your budget. Like if, if budget isn't too much of an issue, then it's a lot easier for you. You just go and find someone with a really great reputation and you pay them whatever their fee is. If budget's more of an issue, then you, you're you going to have to do more shopping and hunt around and try and get yourself a deal for someone who's like a really high quality coach but isn't charging uh, the huge premium. I think another great way is podcasts and YouTube videos. You find someone that you're interested in follow their, their material. Before I signed up with Tucky Moore, I watched a few of his videos. I'm like, okay, I like his energy. I like his style. He seems to know his stuff. And then I watched some of the testimonial videos and, and then I was, that really got me. I'm like, oh yeah, I could use some of those results. That would be really good. Plus he's been around for a while. So if you find someone who's been around, they seem to have the cred, hopefully a friend's recommended them and you watch their videos or listen to their podcasts, uh, or you might hear them on a podcast like this one, you'll probably get a sense of their energy. Like something's going to hit you. Hey, I don't really like this person. Or you know what? This person's making a lot of sense. Or there's something this person has to offer me, even if I can't put my finger on it. I think that I feel drawn here. It's at least worth a conversation. So it's a long answer to what what well, was a short question
0: well it's also a great segue into closing our discussion which leads me to if somebody wants to check you out learn more about you besides this conversation access any resources you have or follow you or have an initial conversation with you where would they go
1: yeah thank you i would say if you're interested in in coaching and you think we might be a fit I have a preview of my training, which will let you do a self-assessment. Uh, it's a really great video and it'll show you where you're strong and where you're weak. So at the end of that, it's a, it's only 35 minutes. And at the end of that, you'll you'll have a plan for yourself. You'll at least know what you need to work on. And then you, you can continue on if you decide. Oh, I hate it when people say continue on. You can continue <laughs> and you can uh, see if we're a fit to work together. If if you aren't interested in coaching, I'd say go and get the training anyway. It's really good. And I've also included a cheat sheet for people who don't even have 35 minutes. They just want to know, know give me the give me the best stuff in in under 60 seconds so I can work out how to double my revenue. I've put a cheat sheet in for you guys as well.
0: And and what's the link for that?
1: The link is I tried to create something super memorable. So since I want to give you the gift of focus. The the link is myfocusgift.com. That's myfocusgift.com.
0: And we will include that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, David. My guest today has been high-performance coach David Wood. Thank you again, David, for joining us.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, David.
0: When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned about the traits that tend to keep us stuck and the ones that drive our success. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.